It is Friday, June 19th, 2020, and we're headed back out west. You're in the doghouse. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, D-Roy. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13. That is R-O-Y-D-A-W-G underscore 1-3. And not only did the podcast make it on Spotify, but we are on Apple Podcasts now, which is terrific and was a huge surprise. Um, I don't know. I don't know what Apple's regulations are, but... I don't know where that bar is, but it's pretty fucking low if they got my podcast on there. But uh, you know what? We'll take it. And all of you that are listening, uh, I do appreciate it. Everybody that subscribes, I appreciate it. Please, please, uh, big importance, please subscribe if you like the podcast. And uh, possibly give it a five-star rating over there on Apple Podcasts, because that's about the only way that it's going to stay on there. Uh, again, have the Venmo account. Anybody that wishes to donate to the podcast, to the program, at Dennis-Roy-14. Again, I have no idea why it's 14 and not 13. Seems silly to me. We did the AFC West on Tuesday. Now we're heading back out west, but we're going to get into the NFC. And the first team that we're going to start with is the Arizona Cardinals. Everybody's seeming to jump on the Arizona Cardinal bandwagon a little bit with the acquisition of DeAndre Hopkins with that terrible trade uh, with the Houston Texans. Arizona, of course, coming out on top, trading away David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins, basically straight up. And I'll tell you, that was a steal for Arizona. Everybody seems to be on Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray shooting up draft boards. He is currently a third behind Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Makes sense running quarterback, young quarterback. Everybody's kind of jumping on there, hoping for the Lamar Jackson-type boost this season. In the backfield for the Arizona Cardinals, we have one Kenyon Drake, who is going rather high as well. Generally going in the second round. Uh, He's backed up mainly by Chase Edmonds. Uh, Rookie Eno Benjamin. DJ Foster and two undrafted free agent running backs and Jonathan Ward and Sergio Hoffman. It's pretty safe to say that Kenyon Drake is probably going to get the bulk of the carries. Now he's going to end up having to deal with some of the rushing attempts by Kyler Murray, which will take away from his production. Uh, There's a little bit of worries along the goal line, whether or not you're going to see some of those RPO type plays, quarterback keepers from Kyler Murray. Or quick dump-offs to his wide receivers in the end zone as well. Speaking of wide receivers, we did talk. We did mention DeAndre Hopkins. The new acquisition across from him will be Larry Fitzgerald. And for right now, we have Christian Kirk slated in the slot. 
So those should be your three main guys. Now there has been talk about Andy Isabella possibly showing up second year wide out. Who knows? Who really knows behind the top three what's going to happen here? Uh, you have still have some talk about Akeem Butler, uh, who is third behind Hopkins. You know, Trent Sherfield being the main backup now. If Butler shows up this preseason, we will have a preseason. If Butler shows up <clears throat> and uh, shakes a lot of that off-season rust, especially from the coming back from the injury from last season, he should be able to take a take Trent Sherfield out as primary backup to DeAndre Hopkins and get himself a shot at some targets. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Not the old Keyshawn Johnson from the Tampa Bay and New York Jets days, but uh, the Keyshawn Johnson with the two E's uh, will be Christian Kirk's primary backup. I would see him actually taking some snaps uh, back there as well. Uh, When it comes to Andy Isabella, it's kind of Larry Fitzgerald's swan song. I don't really see Isabella coming in there too much. He will get a shot from time to time, but I think Larry Fitz is good there um, just as much as you know DeAndre Hopkins. At tight end, you got a complete clusterfuck with uh, Max Williams, Daryl Daniels, and Dan Arnold. Also there, Dylan Cantrell and Ryan Becker. Max Williams will get the chance to be the main starter. I do see Daryl Daniels as probably being more of a blocking tight end. Uh, And Dan Arnold slipping in from time to time. Dan Arnold is always that tight end. That kind of fucks us. Uh, He did it plenty of times over in New Orleans. So he's going to do it here in Arizona. Believe you me. Offensive line. Mm, It's okay. DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh make up the left side. Mason Cole should be the center. J.R. Sweezy at right guard and Marcus Gilbert, who is will be coming back from injury uh, last season, will be at right tackle. Now you did have Josh Jones drafted in the third round out of Houston. He could see some time at tackle or guard uh, if one of these starters should happen to fail. But the line's not nearly as bad doesn't look nearly as bad as what it did at the start of last season, but it still is a work in progress. Should still see some success here out of the offense. Switching to defense quick before we get into our strengths of schedule and ADPs. Taking a look at the defensive line, shaky at best with Zach Allen, Jordan Phillips, and Corey Peters lying in the front. Starting at the strong side in the linebacking core, you have Chandler Jones, which is about the strongest spot outside of Isaiah Simmons on the opposite side. Uh, Devondre Campbell and Jordan Hicks. And again, Isaiah Simmons, first-round pick out of Clemson, eighth pick overall. He's a stud. Should be pretty good for this team. Coming in at cornerback, you do have Patrick Peterson back, and then should be either Byron Murphy or possibly Kevin Peterson across from him. Jalen Davis I have slotted in in the slot role. Uh, it's okay at the, ver- at the very best average. Uh, Byron Murphy is just a bag of, bag of shit. Uh, he's going to be a guy that we're probably going to want to attack, even if Kevin Peterson's in there. You look behind there with Robert Alford, Duke Thomas, 
uh, Behor, Wilson, and Zane Lewis. Anybody who's starting back over in there, and even if Chris Jones comes across from the other side as a from being the primary backup for Patrick Peterson, you're still going to have a field day over there. Now, Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker look good at the safety positions. But what's been the reoccurring problem every year? Giving up points to the tight end. I think that's going to continue again this year. Uh, unless Buda Baker somehow has pulled a magic shoe ho- uh, sh- <laughs> horseshoe out of his ass. But uh, tight end, again, should be pretty good against the Arizona defense. Uh, depending upon whether or not Isaiah Simmons and Chandler Jones end up really bringing a, a heavy rush this year. But uh, when you really look at the defensive line and you look at the corners, those two are going to have to really really be at the top of their game if this defense is going to succeed. So I would see I would see the Arizona Cardinals actually playing from behind. Now we look at their actual schedule. Strength of schedule from a record standpoint, their eighth, the eighth hardest schedule in the league for the full season. You look at total defense, and it's actually worse. It's sixth, worse, uh, sixth strongest uh, schedule when facing defense according to DVOA. That's not good. Now, first and second quarter are okay. First half is okay. Quarter one and quarter two, both at 22nd. Third quarter at number one, hardest schedule. And coming in for the fourth quarter, it's the seventh hardest schedule. Versus the rush, 10th hardest schedule on the board. First half, 25th. Second half is second toughest. Quarter one being their easiest part of the schedule at 26, then it goes to 18, 11, and 1. So it descends. Now, again, we're going to have to look through the schedule and see if we agree with this. Versus the pass, seventh hardest schedule in the league by quarter. 15, 29, 1, and 12. So right there in the second quarter, there's a nice pocket. Of, there should be a nice pocket of games for the passing game. Wide receiver one has the hardest schedule in the National for- Football League according to last year's DVOA. Again, we're not we're not going to pigeonhole ourselves into this. We're going to look through everything and make our own determinations. Wide receiver two has the 21st ranked schedule in the league. Checking out by quarter, starting in quarter one, 32nd, 29, 1st, and 10th. So that bodes well for one of two guys. Either Larry Fitzgerald or Christian Kirk. And that's where we're going to have to make the decision on who's actually the second main target in the passing game as far as wide receivers go. Is it going to be old man Fitzgerald or is it Christian Kirk who Kyler Murray had someone with a little bit of chemistry with? We're going to have to determine that. Is the slot actually the number two 
and the outside receiver opposite of DeAndre Hopkins is actually the number three. We're going to have to take a look at that. We're going to have to find out what the target share was. But I'm almost guaranteeing that Christian Kirk was actually the better wide receiver compared to Larry Fitzgerald in that second half of that year when we saw Kyler Murray kind of stepping into his own. Wide receiver plus has the eighth hardest schedule in the National Football League. 7, 17, 3, and 22. So that doesn't bode well for our extra receivers. Tight end, 21st hardest. 22, 27, 13, and 9. So again, second quarter's looking good again. First quarter's pretty good. But can we trust the tight ends out of here? Probably not. Probably going to be a mix match. We're not going to want to. We're not going to want to mess around with it. I wouldn't even mess around with it in DFS. To be completely honest with you, running back in the passing game, eleventh hardest schedule. Quarter one is ninth hardest. Then it goes eighteen, fifteen, and nine. So again, that second quarter pocket's looking pretty good. So we're going to have to take a look in there. Uh, oh, we might as well go through the total offense. Total offense, DVOA. Let's see if our defense is any good. Uh, 16 hardest schedule in the National Football League. 26, 16, 12, and 17. Hmm. Not a good start, but that third quarter might be useful. Uh, against the pass, it's going to be the 18th, 18th ranked schedule. 26, 19, 11, and 17 in the quarters. And then against the rush, they're going to be facing the 19th hardest schedule against the rush. 24, 16, 14, and 14. Still not all that bad. Defense plus offense rank. Again, this is just a metric. This is just a thing that I'm playing around with, which combines the defense and Offensive DVOA ranks and just divides them by two because they're just as equal. 19th in the league. 27, 20, 6, and 14. So there is opportunity if we think that we're going to get a pass rush out of this defense that they might, they might be a good play. But let's look at the schedule. We'll go every two weeks here. 49ers and Redskins, 49ers, woo, woo, no, Redskins, yeah, all right, take a look at there, very, very good matchups against the run and the pass, um, not so much against wide receiver ones, but the wide receiver two, the wide receiver plus, and the tight end are very, very good, and your defense is going to be very good at 30, 29, and 25 across the board, 30th. Ranked matchup if you add the defense and offense DVOA. Not bad. Lions and Panthers. Lions, I'm skeptic. Uh, Lions, I'm really taking a look at their defense, and I'm thinking they might be a lot better than what it was. So that's going to be kind of a question mark right there. Panthers defense is still going to be pretty, pretty bad. And... Again, yeah, that's what's driving up your tight end, your wide receiver two, and your tight end numbers is right in there. Uh, the Lions is actually driving it up a lot as well. 
like I said, I do I do think there's going to be a lot of regression, positive regression for Detroit that is defensively. So, but we got a good matchup against the Panthers. Go to the next three games actually before a break. Jets, Cowboys, and Seahawks. Jets, not so much. Cowboys, if they get behind, they could shoot out in that game. Seahawks, it's usually been a pretty close game as far as I know. Nothing really too outlandish as far as the scoring. Coming off the bye, you're going to have the Dolphins and Bills. Dolphins got a little bit better at the cornerback positions. By that time, we're going to be able to figure out if they've fixed that rush defense um, and if they've been able to stop pretty much anybody uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Bills, not really something I want to take a take a stab at. Then you have the Seahawks and Patriots. Seahawks defense isn't fantastic, but it's not going to be the worst. It's a divisional game. It's in Seattle. Uh, late night game, so that place is going to be rocking uh, against the Patriots. And hell no, I'm not doing that. Rams and Giants. Hmm. <laughs> Tight end has usually been good against the Rams. Outlet passes to the running backs. It's pretty good. Giants has been a pretty cake matchup. Um, this year, defense hasn't gotten that all that much better, so should be another place to target. Now we got Eagles and 49ers. Eagles has always been a team that we could pass against, right? Oh, let's take a look at the rankings, though. 16th against the pass, 16th against wide receiver one, ah, 21st against the wide receiver two, 17 wide receiver plus. So the defense actually got a little bit better last year, surprisingly enough. It kind of screwed a lot of us over because we kept continually attacking the Eagles when we shouldn't have. 49ers again, defense should be pretty good and solid. Then you have, you have the Rams in Week 17. Uh, whether or not you actually are going to play that uh, all the way through the season. I've done it. I hate playing through Week 17, so I would personally skip it. But, you know, you knuckleheads want to do it. That's why we go all the way through the season with the chart. All right. Next team that we're going to go to is the Los Angeles Rams. Ooh, the Los Angeles Rams. Have a new offensive coordinator in Kevin O'Connell, but the offense basically is run through the Sean McVay system. Uh, starts at the running back position in general. And that, we don't know exactly who's going to be the starter. Now, I'm putting a lot of chips on Cam Akers being the starter and being the starter right out of the gate. Came out of Florida State. Florida State's offensive line was horrible, and he actually was very, very productive, even with that that negative against him. So I think that's kind of why the Rams took him, is he's able to handle traffic in the holes. The offensive line here in L.A. isn't that great. So they're trusting that this kid is going to get it done. Now, Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson are still there. 
there's been some talk that maybe Daryl Henderson actually will be the guy that starts. But if he was going to be the starter this year, one, why would you draft Cam Akers in the second round? Two, why was there at no point last year that he was able to come into a game and get a mess load of carries? It continued to be Todd Curley and Malcolm Brown spelling. And that worries me for that. And that's why I'm more comfortable putting Cam Akers in that spot, in that top spot, even though everywhere I've seen they have Daryl Henderson or Malcolm Brown in the top spot. And we'll get into the ADPs for Cam Akers. And if he continues to stay that low, he's still going to be a very, very good target of mine. Now, at quarterback, we have Jared Goff. There's not much to back up here except for John Wolford uh, and undrafted free agents Josh Love and Bryce Perkins. Josh Love I actually have a little bit of like for, um, but he's going to be kind of more of a project-type quarterback. This is Jared Goff's job. He's not going to lose it. It's just whether or not we like Jared Goff. And that I don't know so much. Don't know so much. Now, when we get into the wide receivers here, we have two of our usual suspects in Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. The question is who is going to be the number one, who is actually the number two. With them switching the offense after the break last during the season to where they were using two tight end sets, that was keeping Cooper Cup off the field. Now, are we going to see that same offense again, or was that just something to kind of change it up? And it was going to be primarily something for last year. Now, they kind of wanted to get Higby and Gerald Everett, both tight ends, onto the field. But then you had Gerald Everett get hurt. So you really only had one pass catching tight end. And Cooper Cup was still off the field. That's kind of worrisome. That's why I kind of like Robert Woods a little bit more than Cooper Cup, even though I'm not really too high on the passing targets here. Now, again, we're going to have the question on whether or not Josh Reynolds is viable. What's my golden rule on Josh Reynolds? Anybody? You don't know? Or you don't remember? The golden rule on Josh Reynolds is fuck Josh Reynolds because Josh Reynolds sucks. Now, it's quite possible that he is going to be in that third that third wide receiver role in the spot opposite of Robert Woods. But that's only because of the whole pandemic, the whole COVID-19 thing which is going to hurt Van Jefferson, their rookie that they drafted in the second round as far as learning the playbook. I think if Jefferson was going to actually would have had a full offseason, I would have said without a shadow of a doubt, he's taking Josh Reynolds' role. 
I still think he takes that role. He's a more dynamic, more complete wide receiver than Josh Reynolds ever will be. And people need to stop putting him on a pedestal. Every time Josh Reynolds, almost every time that Josh Reynolds has stepped on a field with opportunity because of that Brandon Cook, because of like, say, Brandon Cook's getting injured, he's pretty much failed. Everybody's expecting these big stats. Oh, he's going to get, he's going to get, he's going to get like six, six to eight targets, which means he should get at least four to six catches. And then he gets like two catches for 30 yards. There's nothing dynamic about that kid at all. Get off of it. Tight ends, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett, the usual suspect. Now they did draft Bryson Hopkins. Fourth round out of Purdue. So I'm really kind of curious to see that in the preseason, see what's going on there. Um, The Rams have always been high on both Higby and Everett. Higby, we've actually been on for about the last two years. I should say two years prior to last year. And then he finally hit in that third year when we kind of just halted a little bit of our love for him. There's a lot of people jumping on the Higby bandwagon because of that 12 package that they're running. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to take a look at this because this is a whole lot of messing around in here. This is going to be a lot of switching out, in and out, tight ends, wide receivers, a lot. So we're going to have to take our time with this one too. But the offensive line, not very good, except at left tackle where you have the 80-year-old Andrew Whitworth who's basically a mountain that nobody can move. So he's back again at left tackle. Then you have Austin Corbett, Brian Allen, and then manning the right side, you have Austin Blythe and Rob Havenstein. Line's not very good. But it's a spot where you're going to be able to get Cam Akers. I'm okay looking at Cam Akers. Defense for the LA Rams across the front Pretty, pretty good. Now, originally Michael Brockers was supposed to be gone. I, he was supposed to be in the, in Baltimore, but the deal fell through. So he ended up signing a one-year contract with the Rams again. So you'll have Michael Brockers, Sean Robinson, and Aaron Donald manning the front. It's not too bad. Sean Robinson is actually the weak point, but I think he's going to be okay. Linebacking court is going to be Terrell Lewis, Micah Kaiser, Leonard Floyd, and Samson (laughs) Ibukam. Pretty good linebacking court. Terrell Lewis, even though he was a third-round pick out of Alabama, I still think he's going to take that, that top spot at the outside linebacking position. He's very talented coming out of Alabama, so it's pretty good it's pretty good front seven, to be honest with you. It's gonna be very interesting to see out of the gate what happens here. It's this is not a defense that I really want to attack right out the gate. Unless of course there's a lot of injuries, but 
it's not really not really at least with the running backs it's not a spot that i want to attack now your corners you're going to have troy hill and jalen ramsey dante deanne god i can never get his name right yeah deanne he'll be in the cor- he'll be in the slot uh all pretty solid then you have taylor rapp and john johnson at the safety positions now you could get terrell burgess or jordan fuller fighting for some time at least at either the safety the strong safety spot or the free safety spot so it's pretty solid defense they did change they did change their defensive coordinator they got rid of wade phillips which really wasn't nothing was really his fault and they brought in uh brandon staley who is your new defensive coordinator still running the three four so uh yeah should be a solid defense now you could make the argument that with a rookie defensive coordinator back there that the defenses actually you know won't start out as well based on the play calling that's coming into the linebacker but i think the defense will be pretty good now we look at the la Rams schedule based on strength of schedule they actually have the 21st schedule based on team record. But we look at total defense of DVOA, seventh. This is why I look at this stuff. So the defense of DVOA is actually telling a different story than what the record strength of schedule was. It's quite interesting. Quarters for total defense, 5th, 15, 10, and 26. So uh, the back end of the season is actually the easiest. Versus the rush, we got a 26 overall. So if that offensive line could actually get get some good push, uh, can possibly gel, get them holes open for, we'll just say, for whichever running back starts, they're going to have should have a pretty decent year doing it by quarters you have 14 28 12 and 28 so a little roller coaster in there hopefully by week four that we'll get a stabilization in here but uh versus the pass the la rams actually have the second hardest dvoa strength of schedule in the league Starting in quarter one, they are third, eighth, 11, and 26. So it gets easier as the season goes on again. Fourth quarter, of course, being exponentially better than the rest of the year. Guess the wide receiver one, 18th ranked schedule, 1, 20, 18, and 32nd. So it's not too bad. Now we got to decide if Robert Woods or Cooper Cup is going to be the number one. Robert Woods has been pretty consistent. You lose the targets that Brandon Cooks would have had, and you can divvy them up any which way that you want. But it will put a little bit of a reliance on Robert Woods, I think, out of 
most of the wider out of, out of mostly the wide receivers. Take the tight ends, take the running backs out of it. I think Robert Woods is going to be our number one here, with Cooper Cup being the number two. Would it surprise me if Cooper Cup was the number one? No. Everybody knows how what I feel about Cooper Cup. But we're going to have to figure this one out. Hopefully we get it out in preseason. Because the wide receiver two has the eighth hardest schedule, according to DVOA. Third, 14th, 19th, and 19th. So back into the season again. We could wait out the situation if you want to be completely honest about it. And either somebody drops them, one of the two, or potentially we could we could buy low on them. We may actually want to hold off on doing anything with this wide receiver core. Wide receiver plus is actually the fifth hardest schedule. One, five, 18, and nine. Want to jump on that Josh Reynolds bandwagon? I didn't think so. Now, tight end. A lot of people bumping up Tyler Higby, right? Not only is he going to have to deal with Gerald Everett stealing some targets, but probably Bryson Hopkins, to be honest. It's a fourth-round pick, but why did you draft him? You're not putting Bryson Hopkins. Bryson Hopkins is made to be a tight end in this offense. That's his style of play. This isn't like the Packers where they draft a tight end to become a fullback. So we don't have to worry about that. But against the tight end, their schedule is the hardest schedule in the National Football League. 7, 8, 2, and 14. And we'll get to the ADPs. I'm going to do all the ADPs at the end. We're just going to go through. We'll go through each position this for this today's podcast. So... He's getting drafted pretty high. And this might be even an even bigger mistake than Travis Kelsey, which we talked about on Tuesday. At least Travis Kelsey has proven that he can... He's good enough to, to beat a hard defense. You know what I mean? He's kind of one of those, like, asterisks. He's a stud. He can get it done. Tyler Higby is not a stud. I like Tyler Higby, but he is not Travis Kelsey. He is not what Ertz was in his prime. That's not him. So I would tread caref- very carefully with that. First is the running back, seventh hardest schedule in the league, 16, 17, 3, and 13. And then if we want to take a look at the L.A. Rams defense, let's take a look at their schedule. They actually have the uh, 26th schedule in the league, so that's pretty good. 15, 9, 23, and 26. We'll go through here, see if they're worth drafting. Uh, versus the pass, 25th overall, 18, 4, 21, and 27. Versus the rush, 25th overall. So good ratings all the way across. Um 8, 16, 29, and 24. Now, if we add the total offense, total defense, add them together, divide them by 2, 
Let's see what we can do. 12th ranked schedule in the league. 4, 8, 18, and 27. So, let's see here. We compare to schedule 12. 12 versus 21, so it's a 9-spot difference. So, we'll see how that comes out in the end. Going through the schedule, Cowboys and Eagles. Cowboys... Cowboys are the Cowboys. You're either going to get a a turd out of them right out of the gate, or you're going to get the really good Cowboys. This is actually NBC's first game on Sunday of week one. So, and that's going to be actually out in L.A., so they'll have a little bit of advantage Cowboys coming in. Um, Cowboys mm, didn't really make all that many improvements. So that could be actually a good game for Goff. Um, versus the Eagles, it's going to be a pretty tough game, but we got to figure out that wide receiver too because that's kind of our best spot there. Bills and Giants, I'm not going to attack the Bills. I will attack the Giants, pretty much everything. Um, Redskins and 49ers, Redskins we will attack, uh, rush and pass. Uh, wide receiver two, the plus, and the tight end. Are good against the Washington Redskins. 49ers not touching versus the Bears. And it's going to be kind of a stay away game for me. Dolphins, yes. Bye week. Coming out of the bye. Seahawks and Buccaneers. Seahawks, okay. Maybe a little bit. Um, probably not with this offensive line, though, for the running back. Although, if I remember correctly, Todd Gurley, even when he was hampered, Actually had good, pretty decent games against Seattle, or at least would score a couple touchdowns. So something to look at. Uh, Buccaneers, we're not running against. We will be. Th- we would be throwing. Forty ers again. Then you have the Cardinals. Throw the tight end all day. Uh, Patriots, no. Jets. Let's see what happens with Jamal Adams. Um. If they lose him via trade or he just plain sits out, um, that's going to make that defense a lot weaker. Seahawks again, and then you have the Cardinals. So it's not too bad of a schedule. It's just with the uncertainty at the different positions and stuff, It's to me it's just kind of a, a stay-away spot as far as the wide receivers now, like I said, it, if, if Cam Akers' value stays relatively low, like it has, then, of course, I'm going to take a shot there. But we have to kind of get there first. Um, God, because it's just... There's a lot of people that talk on the radio about this, about him, and that they like him, and I'm just worried that that's going to prop him up even farther up the board. All right, where are we? San Francisco 49ers. We got the news about the uh, Debo Samuel foot in, uh, foot surgery. It's a Jones fracture. So unless you're giving me Debo Samuel pretty much, you know, 10th, 12th round, I might take a shot on him, especially in best ball. It's probably not, not the worst idea in the world. Um Pardon me. Seasonal 
It's tough. Same injury as Trent Taylor had. Trent Taylor did not come back to from that that year. So we're kind of in wait and see mode. I I really like Debo Samuel, even though the offense isn't all that catered to the passing game. But um, no, I like I like Debo Samuel, the guy that of course everybody's propping up now is Brandon Ayuk. So we should see his ADP jump up quite a bit. Actually, this next on this next set of ADPs, even though uh, let's see that happened on. That happened on Wednesday. So we're going to have pretty much like four days of data. Um, seeing if that if that if if it is true that Samuels is dropping and then Ayuk is going up. Now we also do need to pay attention to uh, Kendrick Bourne. He's going to be a guy that nobody's going to really pay attention to. Especially in home leagues. Unless you got a 49er fan in there, then maybe he knows. But more than likely he's the one that's going to grab your Brandon Ayuk. Um, so Kendrick Bourne, if you need a really late round, uh, wide receiver is probably not a guy that's too bad to take a shot on. Jimmy Garoppolo had found him from time to time. Um, with Debo Samuel being out, that means that targets are going to come into play if it goes into the season. Now we have to under, now we have to decide if Dante Pettis is actually going to do something this year, as well as Jalen Hurd or the aforementioned Trent Taylor. Travis Benjamin was brought in from the LA Chargers, but I don't think he's going to be very much of a factor. More than likely, he's going to be cut. And then you have rookie uh, Jawan Jennings, seventh round pick out of Tennessee. And a lot of guys are propping him up. I don't think he's. He's not he's not the guy that um is like an all world athlete and he should be getting as much hype as what he is. I mean if you wanted to bring up Juwan Jennings once every two weeks, alright. But I've been hearing it at least every other day, it always comes back to Juwan Jennings and it's like, listen, he's a seventh round pick at wide receiver with no off season. That's a tall task to ask for that kid. Tight end, we're going to have George Kittle as well as always. Ross Dwelly backing him up with Daniel Helm. Uh, rookie Charlie Werner, who, in my opinion, is not that good. But that could have been just for the fact that they used, they used their tight ends at Georgia to block for the most part for the running game. So... It makes sense that he's here because he's going to probably be used as more of a blocker. Now, whether or not he takes Dwelly out um, or Daniel Holmes remains to be seen, and we will see that soon enough. Uh, quarterback is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo again, of course. Nick Mullins, C.J. Beathard, and Brock Rutter are your backups there. Kyle Juszczyk in at fullback. We like Kyle Juszczyk, especially for the Super Bowl. That was key to winning some money that day in February. Running backs are going to be Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman. Uh, most likely both Mostert and and Coleman rotating again. 
uh, Jeffrey Wilson maybe from time to time. Now, Jarek McKinnon did take a pay cut to stay, so he is there as well. And then you have actually two pretty decent undrafted running backs in Salvin Ahmed and Jamichael Hasty that could make some noise. Um, but more than likely, more return-type guys. That's what I'm expecting with those. Uh, offensive line, we had the trade for Trent Williams with Washington. It was a very good trade because you had... Uh, God, who was the guy that... Joe Staley was the one that retired. That's who he replaced. Uh, Lakin Tomlinson at at uh, left left guard. Weston Richburg at center. Tom Compton at right guard. And Mike McClinchy at right tackle. So, offensive lines could be pretty good again. They should be good to go for the running game. Uh, just remains to be seen if, with the loss of... Debo Samuel, if they're even going to try to expand that passing game whatsoever beyond, you know, Kittle and either really Bourne or or Ayuk. Uh, so we'll see what's happening there. Let's move on to the defense. And again, defense should be pretty strong as it was last year. You have Eric Armstead, Solomon Thomas, Javon. Kinlaw, the first-round rookie D-tackle out of South Carolina, lining up next to Nick Bosa. Linebacking core, pretty, it's pretty solid, even though the rankings don't look all that great, uh, with Quan Alexander, Fred Warner, and Dre Greenlaw. Your, your outside corners, again, you'll have Richard Sherman getting another year older, so we'll have to pay attention to that. And then Akala Willispoon, uh and then you still have Jason Verrett there. Still have Jason Verrett with Emmanuel Mosley in there. Now you look at the slot corner, you're going to have probably Kwan Williams there. And then you'll have Jakiski Tardy and Jimmy Ward at safety. So all together, San Francisco's defense is going to be pretty tough. It's going to be a risk to play any offense against them. But let's take a look at uh, let's take a look at their schedule. Their schedule is actually the fourth hardest when you take into consideration of just the opponent's record for strength of schedule. You look at the defensive totals though, based on DVOA, and it's fifteenth. So we got a little bit of space. That's like an eleven. That's an eleven position swing right there. Uh, from quarter one to quarter four, you're going at 17, 12, 4, and 28. So the back end looks like it's going to be the easiest part of the schedule. Versus the rush, they have the fourth hardest schedule against the rush in the NFL. Second, 16, 9, and 23. Passing, a lot easier. A lot easier. 21st overall, going back quarters, 28, 9, 3, and 30. So first and fourth quarters gonna should be pretty decent for the passing game. Wide receiver one has the 10th hardest schedule. Going by quarters. First quarter starts out good. 30th. Then it goes from second to third to 19th. So are we going to take a shot on whoever ends up being the number one wide receiver while Debo Samuel is out during those first four weeks? It's going to be a good defense. It's going to be a good DFS question 
when we get to that point. Wide receiver two, fifth hardest schedule on the board. 20 of six, two, and 26. So again, that first and that fourth. Wide receiver plus 21st overall. Here we go again. 29, 4, 10, and 28. So let's take a look into this. Tight end. The best record, or uh, the best schedule, according to DVOA versus a tight end of anybody. 19, 21, 15, and 32. So, <laughs> is Kittle viable? Very much so. Very much so. He's going to have a pretty decent... Looks like he's going to have a pretty decent time all year. Running backs in the passing game look like they should be all right as well. 26 in the National Football League by quarters. 13, 29, 8, and 21. So the second and fourth quarters are the best. Uh, let's see how that defense is going to stack up. They face the third hardest schedule according to total offensive DVOA. 22nd, 12, 8, and 5. So it gets easier as the season progresses versus the passing offense. Uh, let's see here. 10th overall goes 31, 10, 9, and 13. So after the first quarter, it's pretty stabilized versus the rush, fourth hardest. Uh, schedule versus offensive rushing attacks, 13, 19, 7, and 2. So it kind of dips up and then, or shoots up and it dips way down. Uh, defensive offensive ranking, 25th, uh, 25th hardest schedule in the NFL, 31, 15, 7, and 17 across the board. Now we take a look at the actual schedule. Do it in two parts here. Cardinals and Jets. Yes, we can attack the Cardinals. Jets, not so much. Giants and Eagles. Yes, we can attack the Giants. Probably can attack the Eagles, too. That's probably going to be a shootout. Dolphins and Rams. Dolphins, yes. Rams, no. Patriots, Seahawks. Patriots, no. Seahawks, maybe. Maybe. Packers and Saints. Yes, we can attack the Packers. Yes, we can attack the Saints because it's in New Orleans. So New Orleans will probably have an advantage there over San Francisco. It'll be an, actually a rematch of last year's game. So hopefully that'll blow up again. After the bye week, we have the Rams and the Bills. Nope. Redskins, Cowboys. Yep. Uh, we will definitely attack the Redskins. I'm not too worried about their defense, um, even with you know Chase Young being there. Uh, Cowboys, yes. This is another NBC game. Then they play the Cardinals, yes. So, offense, yeah. It's not too bad. It's not too bad of a schedule. That's probably one of our more complete ones where we actually can use a lot of spots in there. But, uh, yeah, as far as the two wide receivers go, if you're not taking Samuel in about the 10 to 12, as long as we don't hear any good news, like like any definitive news that he's going to be there for the first for the first week of the season, then you'll never make it down there. But it's not too bad. 
Not too bad. Not too shabby. So now where we gotta go? Now we're gonna go. Oh, 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 oh. Seattle. Ever so fun. Seattle. As we know, everything starts and ends with Russell Wilson. Not really. They try to run the ball before, but Russell Wilson always ends up with it. And maybe not running, but he does. He's using that efficient passing game to get the job done. His primary backups are, again, Geno Smith, uh, Anthony Gordon, an undrafted rookie out of, um, God, I can't remember where he's at. Pardon me. Washington State. So more of a hometown kid right there. Fullback Nick Ballore. Blech. No big deal there. Chris Carson. What the fuck are we going to do with Chris Carson? Well, if he sits in that, if he sits in that third, fourth round again, like I'm talking like later third, and then he get in the fourth, I'll I'll take some Chris Carson all day. I'd like to have his backup in Carlos Hyde. Why? Because you can get him for virtually nothing. He's probably going to be like a ninth, tenth round pick in there. Because you get what you're going to end up seeing is you're going to see somebody taking Rashad Penny. And Rashad Penny's not going to be ready until the second half of the year, if that. If that, because you have also have DJ Dallas there. Uh, Travis Homer is still there as well. And then they brought in Anthony Jones and Patrick Carr, who actually have chances to make the team at running back. Wide receivers, you're going to have DK Metcalf and Philip Dorsett manning the outsides with Tyler Lockett uh, as the slot receiver. Now, of course, if they're only in two wide receiver sets, you're going to have Metcalf and Lock it out there, of course. So let's not be silly. Uh, anything really behind him? Mm, not really. You have rookie Freddie Swaim, Penny Hart, undrafted free agent, uh, Seth Dawkins, and Aaron Fuller, Cody Thompson, John Ursua, and David Moore. Nobody else really excites me there. Tight ends, they just decided to keep fucking with us. Brought in Greg Olson, and of course you have Will Disley coming back from injury. Drafted Colby Parkinson, and you have Luke Wilson who's back, Jacob Hollister who's back, Stephen Sullivan who was drafted. That's the LSU kid that I told everybody that I really liked, and then you have two undrafted free agents in Tyler Mabry and Dom Wood Anderson. And basically, Dom Wood Anderson is nothing more than a big block of wood. That's all he does. He sits there and blocks. Not worried about that. All right. Taking a look at the offensive line, it's actually not too bad. Dwayne Brown, Mike Ayupati, BJ Finney, Phil Haynes, and Cedric Ogwelly. <sighs> Hold on. I'm trying to figure this one. Og, he who, he Hmm. I need to see if I can figure out how to spell it, or how to say this. <laughs> how do you say it? Oh, they don't even. They don't. They don't even recognize them. They don't even recognize him on Google. That means this kid doesn't even fucking exist. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
you can always go on Wikipedia and usually find it. Oh my god, he's not on here. Akiohe. That's what we're gonna call him. Akiohe. It's a cool name. I like it. I like it. Offensive line is pretty pretty good. The weakest spots are actually Ayupati and BJ Finney being uh, BJ Finney at center. BJ Finney being the absolute worst at under average for a right guard. All right, now we move to defense. Your defensive lines consist of LJ Collier, Jaron Reed, and Puna Ford across the board. They kind of they run a hybrid with a pass uh, pass rusher uh, DN slash outside linebacker. So your three main linebackers are going to be Jordan Brooks, Bobby Wagner, and KJ Wright with Bruce Irvin in that uh, hybrid role. So if Bruce Irvin can come in and actually start wreaking some havoc, it's going to help this uh, pass defense uh, incredibly. On the outside, you're going to have Shaquille Griffin and Quentin Dunbar with Uga Chukwu. Oh, God, I used to know how to say this. Ugo Chuck Iwu. No, Ugo Chuck Wu. Amari. Ugo Chuck Wu. Amari. In the slot. Safeties are going to be Brad McDougal and Quadri Diggs. Defense isn't nearly as bad as what everybody thinks it is, um, but it will take time to gel. Hopefully, uh, they'll have a little bit of an easier schedule at the front, but we'll have to take a look at that. Strength of schedule rank based on what their schedule was. 13th overall, 13, 3, 24, and 16 across the board. Down to total defense. This gets a little worse. Second overall, and you got flip-floppers in here. First and third being the total best. 17, 2, 18, and 3. Let's see if that trends, okay? Versus the rush, top rushing defensive sch- defense schedule uh, in the National Football League. 15th, 10th, 1st, and 6th. That does not bode well for our running backs here. But we'll take a look at these teams and we'll talk about it. Uh, past DVOA. 15th overall, 24, 2, 28, 9. So, again, first and third quarters are pretty good. Wide receiver ones, 15th overall, 17, 13, 24, and 5. 1 and 3. Wide receiver two has the 11th hardest schedule. 27, 1, 12, and 28. Now, here you have a 1 and 4, where most of them were 1 and 3. Wide receiver plus has a 26 rank schedule, 15, 22, 31, and 15. So second and third. Um, yeah, second and third overall. What? Yeah, second and third quarters. Thank you. Uh, versus tight end, 19th rank schedule, according to DVOA. 15, 7, 26, and 15. So we have that third quarter again. And versus the running back in the passing game, 17th overall, 
28, 9, 30, and 6. So 1 and 3 are really the ones that we want to take a focus on. But we need to we need to look in those other in the second and fourth quarters and see what's going on there and see if there is actually a regression with those defenses that's going to help out the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, but first we'll go total offense, 13th, 13th overall as far as the offenses that they face all year. 8th, 5th, 17th, and 27th, so 3rd and 4th quarters are the best. Uh, versus passing offense, 23rd hardest schedule. 9, 13, 23, and 26. There we go, 3 and 4. And rush offense that they're going to face, uh, 14th overall. And then 17, 1, 9, and 26. So we have a 1 and 4 there. And then defense versus offense, or defense plus offense, 15th rank schedule overall by quarters, 10, 1, 25 and 25, so third and fourth. Take a look at their actual team schedules. Falcons and Patriots, absolutely we can attack the Falcons. Patriots, not so much. Cowboys, Dolphins, yes, this team can keep it up with the Cowboys. Yes, they can beat the Dolphins. Uh, Versus the Vikings, You'd have to you'd have to have Russell Wilson pretty much go through, pretty much tear that secondary apart because they're not going to be able to run if I'm not mistaken. So, but we'll get to we'll get there when we get to the north. Cardinals Niners, yes, we can attack the Cardinals Niners, not so much. Bills Rams, no, I'm going to skip both. Uh, Cardinals Eagles, yes, we can attack the Cardinals Eagles. Quite possibly, you could attack. Uh, Giants, Jets, Giants, we can t- attack. Jets, not so much. Redskins, yes. Rams, yes. You can in spots, tight end and running back in the passing game. And then 49ers to finish out that schedule. And pardon me if you can hear me yawn. I've only, let's see, I'm recording this at 8.02. I got up at 10.30 last night, so we're looking at me being up for almost 22 hours, so that's great, great, recording a podcast doing that, idiot, what an idiot. All right, now that we're done looking at strengths of schedules here, let's take a look at our ADPs before heading out. I'm going to start at the quarterback position. You do have Kyler Murray. He is the third quarterback off the board at number 56 overall. And I'm expecting that to keep going up. Although it has sta- it has pretty much been stable the last four weeks. Russell Wilson comes in at QB5 at pick 67. Not great, not terrible. It's kind of right in that it's kind of right in that spot uh, where you're going to have to choose your own adventure on that one, but Jared Goff, 17th quarterback, 124. So he's basically he's going to go pretty much undrafted. Uh, and then Jimmy Garoppolo, unless you're into two quarterbacks, super flex. Let me just say that. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is even lower at number 20, 136 overall. Running backs, we have Kenny on Drake is going to be your RB9 right now. And an NF 
NFFC drafts, he is actually the 10th overall pick on average. Yikes. Wow. That one I'm going to struggle with. That one I'm going to struggle with. I'd rather see him kind of back where Eckler was. Or actually, even better, back where Clyde Edwards-Alaire is. Back in that 20 overall. But he's definitely in that second cluster. He's kind of, well... Now he's actually still part of the first cluster. Second cluster actually starts at 15. The first cluster ends at 12 with Aaron Jones. So, yeah, Kenyon Drake, unless he's a second-round pick, I I could see it as a second-round, not as a first. I have my reservations about him, but you know I like the talent there. Next, we have Chris Carson at RB22, 40th pick overall. There we go. Uh, Round three and a half, about three and a half in there. So... It's a pretty good spot for him. Talking fourth round there. Raheem Mostert at 23-44th overall. It's kind of a risk if you're willing to do Mostert and Tevin Coleman again. Um, I would I would say go ahead and go with there. Um, he's in the fourth round. It's about right. I'd rather have him kind of in the fifth round if I could, but I doubt it's going to happen. Cam Akers, 26, running back 26, 50th overall. So, again, um, where are we looking at? We're actually looking at the beginning of the fifth round for him. I don't think that's too bad to take a shot on. Now, I would probably honestly take a look at Daryl Henderson or Malcolm Brown as backup. Malcolm Brown has shown that he was generally Todd Gurley's backup, so that's where I would think I would shred for right now. Uh, Tevin Coleman, RB40, 100 overall. That's pretty good value for the backup, or at least a handcuff, just in case the situation goes back to Coleman's way. Uh, Daryl Henderson, 48 overall, 123, so that's back end of a draft. Chase Edmonds, 53, 148. Um, Joshua Kelly, 60th uh, 60th running back, 175. Then you have Rashad Penny and Malcolm Brown going neck and neck at 66 and 67. Uh, Penny showing out at 235 and Malcolm Brown showing out at 238. So they're both really close right in there. Uh, Eno Benjamin is being taken off the board at 72nd running back off the board, 273rd overall. Um, yeah, these are pretty much wash-away picks, but we'll go through them. Jarek McKinnon at 82, 350. Uh, Jermichael Hasty at 90 and 393 overall. Uh, DJ Dallas, 93, uh, 407. Travis Homer at 97, 424. Um, Juszczyk is actually at 101, 437. And then you have Jeff Wilson at 115 and 495. So, you know, the backups are going to come pretty cheap. If you're getting back in there, especially for Chris Carson. So I would not worry too much about handcuffing in there. Um, I'd go in there pretty confident that you're going to get him. 
Wide receivers, of course, at the top, you have DeAndre Hopkins at number th- as the number three wide receiver, 14th overall. Cooper Cup coming in as wide receiver 11, 32nd overall. Like I said, I kind of like Robert Woods a little bit better. He's going to be the 18th wide receiver off the board at 46. So it's a nice 14-pick swing right there, or at least 14-pick value from who I think is going to be the first to the second. DK Metcalf is wide receiver 19, 47 overall. That's pretty good right in there. Tyler Lockett right behind him at twenty at wide receiver 21, 51st overall. So that's going to be the little sweet spot pocket right in there. Debo Samuel was going off as the 24th wide receiver, 60th overall. Expect that to drop at least half a round um, on the next ADP charts. Christian Kirk comes in as the 38th wide receiver and 97th pick overall it's not a bad spot to take a take a shot brandon Ayuk, 67 67 at the wide receiver position 186 overall uh that's going to jump significantly here um larry fitzgerald at wide receiver 73 199 overall josh reynolds at 80 and 246 Jawan jennings this is how much they pumped him up now, okay? Jawan Jennings is at wide receiver 87, 279. Not a big deal, right? It's not anybody that you're going to get. You're probably going to draft anyways, right? Here's the next guys that are coming up here. Hakeem Butler at wide receiver 92, 306. Okay, not a big deal, um, but was draft. Uh, 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 probably, uh, I don't know I want to say it. He's probably the more trusted asset, at least this year, rather than I don't know where I'm going with that. I might have just had a million, mini uh, brain fart meltdown right there. David Moore at one hundred at the one hundred at wide receiver one hundred three thirty two overall. Um, Keyshawn Johnson one hundred two three forty seven. Dante Pettis at one hundred five three seventy four. This is actually. <laughs> This is actually where I should be making the point. So you got Juwan Jennings at wide receiver 87 versus Dante Pettis at 105, 279 versus 374. So 100 picks of value to just go with Pettis versus this Juwan Jennings if it happens. Um, John Ur- Ursua, wide receiver 115, 400 overall. Trent Taylor, 129, 429. And then finishing out, we have Van Jefferson and Danny Isabella neck to neck at 140 and 141. Um, overalls at 465, 475. Kendrick Bourne, pay attention to this one, okay? 145, wide receiver 145, 481 overall. Expect that to jump a little bit. Um, Jalen Hurd, 148. 485 and Philip Dorsett at 152 493. There's a lot better picks than Jawan Jennings. Where he went. Oh, yeah. All right. Tight ends. George Kittle is number two. 26 overall. So you're looking right now, you're looking at the front end of the third round. More than likely still going to be in the second, unless Kelsey falls. Tyler Higby is tight end six, 75th pick overall. And we talked about how bad that schedule is. 
So that's a trap. That's a trap. And we even went through the schedule. That is a trap. Greg Olson comes in at, oh, God, tight end 26, 207 overall. Just terrible. Uh, Gerald Everett at 27, 214. Will Disley, I don't know why you draft any of these, but uh, Will Disley at 30 and 261. Dan Arnold for Arizona at 38. 334. Max Williams at 42, 371. Ross Dwelly, 51, 422. And last but certainly not least, you have Jacob Hollister, a lowly tight end, 67, and a 502 overall. Kobe Parkinson fell out of the rankings. So, nothing else we can really do there. But it is Friday night. Want you guys to go ahead, have yourselves a hell of a weekend. And you know what? I'm gonna be here when we get when you when you guys want to come back. We'll be here on Tuesday. So you guys have it. Take it easy. See you next week. We're gonna head to the south. <laughs>